0: Take your uh, Bibles tonight and go to 2 Samuel in chapter number 2, 2 Samuel chapter 2 as we stand in honor of God's Word here uh, tonight, 2 Samuel chapter number 2, appreciate all the good music today, don't you, it's a blessing, Uh, appreciate the Buffingtons, um, Brother Jude and Miss Monica had a long summer getting, uh, well, he was working here at the campus and Got done on, uh, let's see, moving day was Friday, got done Thursday night, about 11 o'clock, right on time, just like what we planned, so that's awesome. <laughs> 11 weeks and so many days is a real blessing, thankful for the hard work all summer long. Uh, thinking about college uh, days, welcome Heartless Sunday, we wouldn't have a place to welcome you if we wasn't some skilled individuals that know what they're doing and the rest of us that just stay out of the way. Amen. So that's it. So thank you, Brother Jude. Sure thankful for you and Brother Toby and others. So that's a real blessing. All right. Well, we're in Second uh, Samuel in chapter number 2. And we'll start, we'll read just a few verses on the way to our text tonight, which begins in verse number 12. And so verse number 1 says, And it came to pass after this that David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said unto him, Go up. And David said, Whither shall I go up? And he said unto him, Hebron unto Hebron. Verse number four, the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah, it says they anointed him king over the house of Judah. Then David reaches out to the men of Jabesh Gilead and and uh, expresses appreciation for the way that they valiantly uh, worked and served to uh, honor the, the deceased Saul. And so we'll cover a little bit of that as we get into it. Verse number eight we're getting close to our text here as we look at this, but Abner, the son of Ner, captain of Saul's host, took Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and brought him over to Mahanaim, and made him king over Gilead, over the Asherites, and over Jezreel, and over Ephraim, and over Benjamin. Look at this, and over all what Israel. All right, he made him king over all. Israel. So verse 10 says that Ishbosheth's reign was 40 years, or sorry, he was 40 years old when he began to reign. He only reigned two years, actually. Uh, But the house of Judah followed David, it says in the last part of verse 10. And then it explains all about that in verse 11 as to seven and seven years and a half, basically, that he was there in Hebron. All right, verse number 12, it says, but, and I'm sorry, and Abner, the son of Ner, the And the servants of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, went out from Mahanaim to Gibeon. And Joab, the son of uh, Zuriah, the servants of David, went out and met together by the pool of Gibeon. And they sat down, the one on the one side of the pool and the other on the other side of the pool. The reservoir that was there, in case you're thinking pool, but it's just a lake. (laughs) Verse 14, And Abner said to Joab, let the young men now arise and play before us. And Joab said, let them arise. Then arose, then there arose and went over by number 12 of Benjamin, which pertained to Ishbosheth, son of Saul, and 12 of the servants of David. And they called everyone his fellow by the head and thrust his sword through his fellow's side, in his fellow's side. So they fell down together, wherefore the place was called uh, Helkath Hazarim, which is in Gibeon. And there was sore, there was a very sore battle that day, and Abner was beaten, and the men of Israel before the servants of David. And so, for the sake of time, I'm not going to read all these verses, but it goes on in verse 18, and following how that Azahel, the, the brother to Joab, was a uh, fleet of foot, like a gazelle, basically, and, and was moving like a row, I believe is the term that's here. And, and so, um, Abner's saying... Uh, Art thou Azahel? I mean, they're having this whole conversation while they're on the run. And so, um, anyways, it comes down to it, and Abder thrust Azahel through with the back part of the spear. And we'll look at that in, a, in just a little bit. And he fell down and died there. Verse number 25, I want to direct your attention to that now, if I may. It says, And the children of Benjamin gathered themselves together after Abner and became one troop and stood on the top of a hill. And then Abner called to Joab and said, Shall the sword devour forever? Knowest thou not that it will be bitterness in the latter end? Well, he's the one that started all this. Yet he's saying, are you going to keep after us like this? And so basically the ending of the story is just that Joab blew the trumpet, called the men of Judah off or back. And and so verse number 30 tells us that of David's men, it says that 19 men and Azahel, so 20 men died in the battle, but the servants of David had smitten Benjamin and of Abner's men so that 300 and threescore men died. So 360 men of Israel died. 20 men of Judah died. This is a unique text here uh, for a welcome heartless Sunday, but I, I trust that as we get into it, <laughs> I guess that was a no-brainer, right? <laughs> it's a unique text here, but um, I think as we get into it, that it's going to be a great help to you. Our uh, theme in, in 1 Samuel and right into 2 Samuel has been this, when a nation needs revival. And we're certainly at a time when our nation does need revival. So when a nation needs revival. So we're looking at the life of David uh, very closely, but really the focus here is on Abner. It's on Abner in chapter uh, 2 and 3 in particular. And so we're going to look at a little bit of chapter 3 as well in just a few moments. But When a Nation Needs Revival is the series title. And tonight the title message is this, Your Plans Have No Place Before God's. Your Plans Have No Place Before God's Plans. Your your plans have no place before God's. I'd like to help all the new students, all the returning students, um, all associated with the school. I'd like to help all the members of Southwest Baptist Church avoid the absurdity of Abner. To avoid the absurdity, absurdity, it's absurd, the man's actions. That'll help your life, I'm telling you. Avoid the absurdity of Abner. So may God bless the reading of his word. Let's think about that here just a moment. See if we can paint the picture as to the context and show the relevance here tonight. The word absurd means this, utterly or obviously senseless. Senseless. Illogical. Contrary to all reason, contrary to all reason or common sense, contrary to all reason or common sense. It comes from the Latin word absurdus, It's just kind of a cool word, absurdus, you're being absurdus, (laughs) right? Okay, you didn't enjoy that, but I I did privately. When the Latin word is interesting, it means this out of tune. Out of tune. Out of tune. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. The great theologian John Wayne said, life is hard. It's harder when you're stupid. You may not like that word, but it's true. Life is hard, but it's harder when you're stupid. 2nd Samuel 2 and 3, life is getting hard and harder for for Abner, almost said Saul. He's continuing it on. Life is getting hard for him. He's acting contrary to common sense. He's being foolish. He's being senseless. He's acting crazy. He's being absurdist, is what he's being. He's out of tune. He's not thinking clearly. He's acting contrary to all reason. He's being, in one word, he's being absurd. Now, we all here tonight are prone to absurdity. Every single one of us are prone to being absurd, to acting contrary to what we know is better, to acting foolishly. I just enjoyed a preacher's meeting up in uh, Sepulpa. Brother M.W. Lorenz and I went to school together. I just just absolutely love being around M.W. Lorenz. and, And he was talking about in his early days of ministry, how that he had a lot of zeal, but not a lot of knowledge. And and how that he had acted maybe foolishly at different times early on. And, and then he said this, he's, I've been known to have a few spells every now and then still, still to this day. Well, I think we all have a few spells of that, don't we? There are many ways that what we do is absurd. It just makes no sense. It just makes no sense. I mean, if you're trying to lose weight, don't go to Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> just be absurd, you say, look, all I'm going to do, I'm just going to go in and I'm going to smell. Do you realize that smells are just, just smells alone are 100 calories a per? <laughs> but the red light's on. You got to stop. No, you don't. Just keep going, right? It's absurd to think, okay, I'm going to lose weight by going in there. No, it just, it doesn't make sense. And there's so many other things like that that just don't make sense. But how about, how about tonight we just do this? How about we just get down to it and see how was it that Abner was acting absurd and how could we avoid that? Because I'm telling you, that'll, that'll help your whole college experience. We really want to try to help all the new students to get a real good start. But I'm just telling you, you came up here and you did fantastic. I mean, you remembered your name and you remembered what church you're from. And you remember what city and what state. I mean, you had a, a prompter, but still you, you, you had a, a, <laughs> a study sheet right there. And you did great. You got it right. But I'm telling you, sometime during the semester, you're going to be tempted, tempted rather, to do something that just doesn't make sense. But it's not just young people in Bible college that have a problem with doing that along the way. It's also adults that know better, and it's also pastors who know better, and it's parents who know better, and it's teenagers who know better, and it's children who know better. And so it would help us all tonight if we would just avoid the absurdity, the absurdity of this man named Abner. Now, let's, let's understand what's going on here. Uh, David has been, the, has been promised to be the king of Israel. Now that's important for us to take that in, that he's been promised to be the king over all of Israel, all of Israel. In fact, uh, Brother Raspberry just preached last Sunday night and did a, a very great job and helped us all to see that, that uh, David was a man after God's own heart and, and Saul had sinned against God. And so God had told even Saul that he was going to raise up a man after his own heart and he was going to be the king over all Israel. So, so it's very, very clear that David was to be the king of Israel. Saul had acted very foolishly and, uh, and he had died at his own hand and, and they had lost battle. They'd lost ground even there in the area of Jezreel. And, and so after his death, then here's what happened. We read just a little bit about it, that the men of Judah came and they anointed David king over Judah. They anointed him king over Judah and David very wisely prayed to God and asked God, how do you want me to handle this and where do you want me to to set up the headquarters? And God led him to Hebron. We don't have time to go into all that tonight, but it's a very significant location because it's where Abraham and Sarah were buried and and also Isaac and Rebekah and Jacob and Leah. And it was the inheritance of Caleb, whose name means all heart. And David was to be in God's will and to be all in God's will. Can I help you tonight? You need to be in God's will. All the way don't be halfway in your will and halfway in God's will listen just be all in from the very beginning from the very beginning don't mess around just get in all right just get all in I'm not just preaching to the students here tonight I'm preaching to every member that's here and every adult that's here listen we cannot afford to be part in our will and part in God's will David said God where do you want me to go and so that was the approach that David took now Abner's a different story Abner uh, was the cousin to Saul and and so he was, if I've got that right, if not, he's related to Saul. But anyways, Abner is uh, is related to Saul, and he he does this, no prayer. No seeking of a prophet, no going to the priesthood. He's acting entirely upon his own, and he establishes a headquarters on the east side of the Jordan River, which is an indication of their backslidden state because they had already taken the land on the west side of the Jordan River. So now the Philistines had moved in such that they evidently were not able to be in even Gibeah, which is Saul's hometown. So they weren't able to be there. So they went on the east side of the Jordan River where they set up their headquarters in Mahanaim. And Abner, in an act of absurdity, anointed or appointed Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, to be the king over Israel. Yeah. Knowing full well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. Knowing full well that God had anointed David to be the king over all of Israel. He knew it. Abner knew it. Uh, A couple weeks ago, we spent some time demonstrating that and I'd like to do a little bit of it again today. I mean, Jonathan, the son of Saul, he knew that David would be the king over all Israel. And so here is Abner, the general under Saul. Listen to this. If Jonathan knew it, Abner knew it. Abigail, Abigail, the, the wife of Nabal, the fool. Nabal, she knew. She said that surely you're gonna be the king over all Israel. If Abigail knew it, so did Abner. Abner had been there when, when uh, in fact, uh, David called him out. Because he's supposed to be protecting David. And yet they were asleep there in the cave. And, and David uh, had the, the, the crews of his water and the, and the spear. And he called to Abner. And, and Saul said that God's going to do amazing things, basically. I'm just paraphrasing here. So Abner heard that. So I think it's very clear here that if Jonathan knew it and Abigail knew it and Saul knew it, that Abner knew it. He knew what God's will was. Look at chapter three. I want you to see this with your own eyes. Chapter three in verse number nine. Okay, so at, uh, 2 Samuel 3 in verse number nine, it says this. So this is Abner speaking. Now, a whole big deal. We'll get into it next time with Ishbosheth. but watch this now. It says that, so uh, Abner says, so do God to Abner and more also, except as the Lord has sworn to David, even so I do to him. Is everybody reading this with your eyes? Yeah. Abner's saying, as the Lord has sworn to David to uh, translate the kingdom from the house of Saul and to set up the throne of David, Over Israel and over Judah. Watch this. From Dan to Beersheba. From the north to the south. Abner said, listen. It is God's will. (laughs) It is God's will to set up David to be the king over all Israel. Then Bubba. I'm speaking to Abner. What are you doing? If you knew that David was supposed to be king over all Israel, what in the world have you been doing over the last eight months or however many months it was that you've, you've been doing this and setting up Bishmosheth. Two years he was king there. Come on. You knew that, that David was to be the king. Okay, if you're not just convinced yet, look at verse number 17. And Abner had communication with the elders of Israel saying, you sought for David in the times Pass to be king over you. Now then, do it. This is Abner speaking. Now then, do it. Um, then he goes on to say, For the Lord hath spoken of David, saying, By the hand of my servant David, I, shall, I will save my people Israel out of, the hand of all of, out of the hand of the Philistines and out of the hand of all their enemies. And Abner spake in the ears of Benjamin, And Abner went also to speak in the ears of David in Hebron, all that seemed good to Israel. So, I mean, it's right there in black and white in your Bible that Abner said, listen, God has said, God has said, now wait a minute, don't, don't think that Abner somehow has come to a place of having a personal revival. That's not what's going on here. We'll see this in next week, but many of you won't be here, so I'm gonna just mention it now, that Abner's only acting this way because he'd already tried his will and his will didn't work out because Ishbosheth was weak. And, and so now because that didn't work, now Abner is doing again what's gonna benefit Abner. And he's saying, okay, now it's time for for David to be anointed king over all of Israel. So he knew that to be the case. I mean, it's very, very clear that Abner understood God's will. I mean, he's even quoting scripture. No doubt he'd heard Samuel preach, he'd heard preaching, he could quote the Bible. He could quote scripture right here to say, the Lord has said that David shall be king over all of Israel. Everybody knows that. And yet, he'd been acting rather absurdly, contrary to common sense, to say, watch this. I know what God has said, but. Everybody seeing this? I know what God has said. I know what God's word is. I I know, I understand that. And so Abner here is going to cause great loss because he disregarded what God said. He disregarded what he knew. He disregarded what he knew to go after what he wanted. Is this starting to unfold a little bit for you right here? He disregarded what he knew because he wanted to go after what he wanted. He said, well, what did he want? Did he want Ishmael Shelf to be king? No, he wanted to be king. He wanted to have power. He wanted to be in charge. It wasn't that he cared at all about Ishbosheth. It wasn't at all that he cared about Saul. It wasn't at all that he cared about Israel. Because listen here, listen real closely. If he cared at all about Israel and the good of Israel, then he would not have appointed Ishbosheth, but he would have appointed, he would have appointed David to be king. He said, listen, we all need to get on board with this. The people of Judah did, but all of Israel should have got on board with this. But Abner is acting absurdly, and listen to this just a minute, I'm not done right there, because there's still more to consider. Abner, who had seen what had happened to Saul, when Saul acted like an idiot. Am I safe to say that? I mean, life was hard for Saul, and it got a lot harder, didn't it? Because he knew that he wasn't a priest, but he acted like a priest, and Abner was there, and he saw it. And he knew that God had said to, to Saul, I want you to destroy all the Amalekites. And yet he kept back the best of the sheep and the best of the oxen and so forth. And he kept back Agag and all those Amalekites. And, and Adner saw firsthand. He saw exactly what happens when you get out of God's will. And he knew, he knew full well that it would cost Saul the whole kingdom. He understood that he got dismissed. He understood that he got, he got penalized because of this. And then Saul, I'm sorry, Abner also saw what it was like when, when Saul kept chasing after David and how futile that was and, and yet how God delivered David over and over again. I'm just simply saying to you that Abner had a front row seat to all of this. Plus, plus he had a front row seat to this, he saw what happened when Saul went to Endor to dwell with the witch when God wasn't speaking to him. And so he knew, he had a head knowledge of this, he understood this, he knew it full well and yet he acted in his own will. You would think somebody that had that much examples before him, that much preaching that he heard, that many scriptures that he knew. Come on now. You see where this, is, where this is building? You would think that somebody that had all that access, all that Bible knowledge, I'm just simply saying, he would have passed his first exam in an Old Testament survey. He knew it. He knew that David was to be king. And yet he acted contrary to it. He said... Uh, He made a a move. He made a move, and he made a move into Gibeon. The Gibeonites, if you might remember in in the book of Joshua, Gibeon, and so he traveled there. He crossed the Jordan River. He did not go to Gibeah. The Philistines were in Gibeah. He went to Gibeon. I think he's on the move here. And there in Gibeon, there was this pool that was a deep pool and wide, maybe about 30-some feet wide. And, And so Abner's on one side of it. Joab's on the other side of it, and he calls to Joab, and he says, hey, let the men come out to play. And they're not playing horseshoes, friend, and they're not playing cornhole, and they're not playing two-hand touch. No, he says, let them come out and play. And 12 of the men of Benjamin and 12 of the men of Judah came out, and the Bible says they grabbed each one their, the man's head, and they thrust him through. And so what happens is 24 men die right there. So then Abner is on the run and all of Israel with him and he's on the run. But the Bible says that Azahel was was fleet like a like a roe and he's chasing down Abner. I think he just kind of locked in on him and he says, Art thou <laughs> Imagine he's got to be out of breath Arth- he's an older man, art thou art thou as a hell Ab- Ab- and he says I am and so he's chasing him and he saying, he says turn aside to the right hand or turn aside to the right left hand I don't want to hurt you and and what how can I stand before Joab I mean he's thinking all these things through yeah. Yeah. Abner is he says turn aside to one of the young men we didn't read it but it's in the text turn aside to one of the young men and get his armor Evidently, Azahel was not armored like like, uh, Abner was. And so he says, turn aside. And so finally, in a point maybe of just self-defense, or I don't think he wanted to kill Azahel. The Bible says that he took the hinder end of the spear. Now, the hinder end of the spear probably would have been sharpened so that it could stick in the ground. and, And so it would not have been dull or blunt. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I have no idea if he intended to totally kill Azahel or just wound him or cause him. But, but he, he evidently held it there and, and stopped. And as he did, then, then Azahel ran right into it and got him under the fifth rib and, and he went down to the ground and he died there. The Bible says that everybody came by, they stopped to see what had happened to Azahel, brother of Joab. 24 men lying dead on the battlefield. Another young man lying dead on the battlefield. And they're not done yet. A total of 360 men of Israel will die. 20 men total of Judah will die. So there we have 380 men that have died all because a man said, I'll be king. A man who knew scripture but did not submit to it. A man who could quote it but didn't do it. A man who knew God's will but did not follow it. And that's the absurdity of Abner, Abner, that he knew what was right. But he disregarded what God had said. He disregarded what he knew to go after what he wanted. Now listen, those of you that just came up here and you stated your name and where you're from, those of you that are returning students, and really every one of us here tonight, we've got to keep this in mind we're in a serious spiritual battle. And, it, and there's no time for us to do our own will. But here's the danger. You can know what God has said and disregard it to do what you wanna do. And when you, listen now, when you know what God has said and you disregard it, it's not just you that gets hurt in the process. Other people are affected by that. You need to take heed to that tonight. Because it's one thing to come up here and state your name. It's another thing on a Friday night. When you know what God's will is about purity, you know what God's will is about purity. So don't disregard what you know to be God's will about purity. Set that aside for what you want on a Friday night. You listen to me? You say, "Well, that doesn't happen to Bible college students." I wish that were the case. You say that doesn't happen to young people that grow up in church. I wish that wasn't the case. That doesn't happen to that doesn't happen to moms and dads that, that are grown up in church that hang, hang on that hang, that can quote scripture, that can sing the songs, that have heard tons and tons of preaching. That have known God's will and yet in a moment of lust and in a moment of, uh, of desire, you can set aside what you full well know for what you want. And the reason why, somebody told me this as a teenager, that the reason most people fail instead of succeed is they give up what they want most for what you want in a moment. And how many families have been broken apart? And how many churches have been broken apart? And how many lives have been broken? Because you disregard, we're prone to disregard what we know to be God's will for what we want in a moment. Avoid at all costs the absurdity. The absurdity of Abner. Just yesterday, I... Uh, I went on a run. It's my custom on a Saturday night. It just kind of helps the sermons to materialize. Plus, I had to get more miles than Brother Andrew. But anyways. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, between he and I, we're going to make our goals this month. You know, I mean it's on. So anyways, but um, last night I went on a run. Okay, here's the deal. <clears throat> I knew it was 104. Heat index of 106. 7 I got back to the house. Angie said it registered 111 on my car. So anyways, I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) Man, preachers pay a price to get an illustration, right? (laughs) It crossed my mind. Probably shouldn't do this. It crossed my mind. You need to take water with you. Didn't I wasn't going very far. You hear the rationalization going in right here. I'm not going very far. It'll be all right. Started out on the run, keeping a low pace, which is normal. <laughs> now keeping a lower pace because I thought, man, it is hot. I'd better be careful. I got to about Chisholm, where our road, where a road that's near our house, and I thought it crossed my mind. I probably need to turn south. I. <laughs> I need to go, I need to go to the house. I need to cut this run short. I don't have water, but I had a goal that I wanted to get to. And so I just kept going. And then, and then I got, I started getting a little bit lightheaded. Uh, you know, I, seriously, I mean, 104, is, that's not good. And, and you, you start thinking all kinds of crazy things, you know, at this point, because you're, I mean, you're thinking, I need water. And you see a water bottle on the ground and you think, it's half full, and you see, you're like a root 44, you know, big old cup. Whatever that? that's got in it, and you're th- then you think crazy things like this. Okay, now don't, don't think me too weird, but but you think things like, man, I hope that sprinkler system comes on. <laughs> right. Well, I'm glad to tell you I made it back home and everything's fine. But and Angie said as I walked in the door. She, she knew I was running. She said, I was concerned about you. I I thought I was going to, you know, call, have Trevor go out and look for you. And and in fact, it had crossed my mind. I'm probably going to need to call her to get somebody to come get me. I did have the sense enough to stop and walk for a while. And then I started running, which is never my goal. But I thought, man, I need to do something right here. She said, well, we were checking your location and it was still moving. Barely. (laughs) I walked in the door. Trenton said, Were you running? I said, Yes. He said, That's terrible. (laughs) That's okay. He didn't say this word, but I'm going to say it. That's absurd. It's absurd. You know you need water, you know you should have turned off earlier. You know that it's absurd. You start thinking weird things when you know you're out of where you ought to be. And you start looking for what you want from some sources you never dreamed you would. No, 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 wait a minute. You know you have a problem with lust, so what in the world are you doing online without accountability? You know, you know you have a, a tendency to get into relationships that you know you shouldn't be. So what in the world are you doing kind of sneaking around and your parents don't know about it? Wait a minute. You know that you grew up in church. Are you following me right here? You know that. And something in your heart and your mind is going off. Man, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. You know who that is? That's the Holy Spirit of God trying to get through to you to help you understand. Listen, don't do this. And and But then you think, well, I think I can make it. I think it'll be okay. And, and and you go through life, sometimes you think this, well, I know I need to be reading my Bible. I know I need to take that with me on the journey, but I think i will be okay. Hey, that's absurd. I think I can get by without being in church all the time. I don't think I need all those services. That's absurd. You're not thinking right. And you're going to start looking for things in wrong sources. But thank God the Bible says about the prodigal son when he came to himself. He realized how good he had it back home And and he came to his father. And thank God his father ran to him. And I want to thank God tonight that God has brought even some back that had been away and some members back to church that had been out of church and some people that had been doing wrong but now they're doing right. Thank God that he's doing that. And some of you are seeing spiritual growth in your life because now you're not just getting through another service, but your Bible is open and you're taking notes and you're reading your Bible on your own. And you're listening and preaching maybe even extra outside of church time. That won't hurt you none. You can't overdose on it. It's all right. I was a teenager and I started listening to preaching on my own time, separate from like Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday night. I started listening to it on a cassette player. A cassette, it's like square. And... <laughs> but I was listening to it and God began to change my life through the preaching. Hang on, wait a minute. Things I'd known all my life. Verses I'd known all my life. Songs I'd heard all my life. The pastor that stood up there that I was bored out of my mind with sometimes, no offense to him now that I look at it the right way, it was all on me. He was trying to help me. He was trying to teach me. My my youth pastor who's now my father-in-law, be careful how you treat your youth pastor, but my my youth pastor who's now my father-in-law was preaching to us and taking us to preaching and I couldn't understand why it was so important. But now I thank God that I'm here tonight because God broke through and took some things that I'd known all my life. But listen, you can know it all your life, but if you don't do anything with it, it's not helping you at all. And you're acting absurd if you think that you can handle it. Yeah. And you're acting absurd if you think you don't need your Bible and you don't need godly friends. And those bad friends that you have, it won't be a big deal. And what you're doing on social media, it's not really going to have an impact on you. Listen, there are going to be 24 people laying on the ground. One another man that'll die and then others that'll die. You're following what I'm saying by way of analogy. People will pay the price for your rebellion. I said people will pay your price for your absurdity. So listen, this would be preventative, I trust for the majority of you. Come here this year as a student and say, I'm not gonna be an idiot. Amen. <laughs> well, that'll help your life. <laughs> an idiot means, literally, that's a Greek word. Idios means one who acts on his own. So don't act on your own. You act under God's authority. Amen. You come here and say, by the grace of God, I'm not going to be an idiot. Life is hard. I'm not going to make it harder by being stupid. I'm going to live under the rules. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to say in church, I'm going to serve Him. I'm not going to skip out. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to serve God. And I'll tell you, God can bless. If you get in your mind, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. And you're putting your plans ahead of God's plans. You say, well, Abner, eventually, he got with it. Yeah, but look how many paid a price in the process. I'm urging you tonight. I'm urging everybody here. Please don't think that I'm just preaching to the students. I'm preaching to everybody here, including this preacher. Don't you put your plans ahead of God's plans. Because that's what Abner did. Even if it was for just two years, it doesn't matter. People paid a price for his putting his plans ahead of God's plans. What are you doing? Are you trying your plans before you get with God's? No, no, no! Wait a minute! Don't don't tune me out right here. Let me let me keep preaching here a little bit. What are you going to do? You're going to try your plans first, and then if your plans don't work, then you'll try God's. (sighs) I'm trying not to be sarcastic here, but it it it, it was part of the pulpit package (laughs) from Brother Davison. Spirit of sarcasm just comes in every now and then. What, what do you what do you think you think that that you're gonna you know if, if your plans don't work out? Wait, a minute. you know what God's call is on your life. You know what God wants you to do, but but you're gonna do your thing. You're gonna do your plans, but but then if God if my plans don't work out, then I'll get with God's. You know you know what that is? Absurd. That's absurd. You know what God's will is. It's absurd to act otherwise. You may have a person that you're interested in, young person. And, but, but I want to ask you tonight, is that person safe or are they walking with God? Well, no, but, no, 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 don't go that. You, you, no, but. That's sounding abnerish. Realize that's not a real word, but it is tonight. You're sounding abnerish to say, well, she'll be okay. It'll be all right. Hey, let me, uh, those of you that are here for school you, and those of you that are in the college and career class and the crossbears class, or those of you that are in the youth group, you, you, you see him, you see her and you say, well, man, she's just, I don't know. She's pretty. Okay. Well, you got good eyes. <laughs> Great. All right. But, but watch this. How's her character? Or how's his character? How's he talking to his mama? How's he talking to his mom? Is he being disrespectful to her? How do you think he's going to treat you? It's absurd for you to think, no, he'll treat me better because I look good. Are you saying his mom don't? <laughs> All right, this is getting weird right here, but you get, you get what I'm saying. I mean, what, what, are you, what are you trying to say? Because Solomon said in the Word of God, he said that as a, as a jewel in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman that's without discretion. Do you get what he's saying right there? As, as a jewel in a swine snout. What's a swine? That's a pig. So, as a jewel in a swine's snout, what's a snout? It's a nose. She's got a nose ring. The swine does. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> is a fair woman, a beautiful woman, with this without, without discretion. Yeah. So, what is the fair part? Well, the fair part is that she's beautiful, that's the ring. What's the without discretion part? That means she doesn't have character. She's like a pig. (laughs) Okay, I'm telling you, this wasn't in my notes, but it's preaching anyways. (laughs) She's beautiful, but she's rather hoggish. (laughs) Wallowing in her own pity and gonna take you to her pity party and you're gonna have to serve everybody? Do you want that the rest of your life? Oh, but she's so beautiful. You better get your eyes back in the book and make sure she's got the character that you ought to have that's going to last you a whole lifetime of being married together. And don't just think about the moment. That's where we get in trouble because that's what Abner's doing. He was thinking about right now. He wasn't thinking about down the road. Listen, don't live in a way right now that you'd have to repent of later because you know better. You know better. I'm not surprised that young people are messing up their lives. No, wait a minute here. We're not we're not finished yet. Think about this. I'm not surprised that young people outside the church the church that is Bible-preaching churches, I'm not surprised that they're messing up their lives out there. But listen, you've got the good Word of God being preached to you. You've got the Holy Spirit of God living within you. You've got the Bible to guide you. Don't you mess yourself up on social media and in with some somebody's relationship, a relationship with somebody that's way outside the will of God. Hey, would you just take heed? Look at what happened. Look at what happened happened to Saul and look at what happened to others maybe you got some siblings you got some parents that say listen I've been down that road you don't want to go there it'd be absurd for you you know here's what our problem is we think everybody else is absurd and we're not I kind of crossed my mind as I was about to have a heat stroke yesterday I'll be all right but I knew deep down this is absurd what am I doing and you can think everybody else is absurd. You can, think, you can think that if you want to. We tend to think, I'm not absurd, everybody else is absurd. Everybody else is off. I'm on. You're absurdist. You're out of tune. You know what you need to do? Don't disregard what you know to be God's will to go after your own surrender your will and your plans so that your will and your plans are not ahead of his but that your will and your plans are way out of the picture and you say God I, I don't want my will to be done here I want your will to be done, and I'm so glad God's brought some back. Like I said a moment ago, either to church or to school. Thank God for that. But would you listen to me here just a minute? Let this be preventative. Let it sink down deep in your soul. They got some scars they wish they could get rid of. There's some adults in here tonight that have got some stories. They've got some baggage. There's some memories they wish they could erase. They'd really like for you to listen to what the preacher's saying tonight because it's coming from God's Word. And for you to say, listen, I'm not going to be absurd and do my thing. I want to be under God's authority here, not go after what I want. I don't want to disregard the Word of God that I know full well. You'd save yourself a lot of years of regret. That's one option. or You can say, whatever, man. And we'll be here to welcome you back. It would be a lot better if you would just do basically this. Lord, I submit. Start out doing God's will that way. don't wait two years later. I have the privilege to teach two of the third year classes. By the time we get to the third year classes, most of the guys and ladies are dialed in. Most. <laughs> A lot of them say things like this. I wasted... My freshman year, I blew it. And now they're making up classes. I wasted it. By the way, your parents paying your way, or part of it, don't you waste your parents' money. And, and church, Southwest Baptist Church knows this and other churches that are here. Every one of you are supported by the school, by the church, churches that are here. 46% of your school bill's been paid. You say, for real? You know, you got something to pay tomorrow, but 46%'s already been paid. That means I can do what I want to do. No, that means you better do what you better do. Don't blow through a bunch of money here in the first month. Going out to eat every night while you're paying for food in the calf? Huh? And I didn't mean to get on that either, but here we are. Just live with what you know to be right. Parents tonight, trying to raise young people, I, I, Listen, you've got to be courageous. We've got to be courageous to raise them right because we can know, you know, that's not good for them. Or this guy's not good for them. This girl's not good for them. These friends aren't good for them. I mean, all those things can be there and it's tough to work through. But let's not set aside what we know for what we want. Young people, same thing. Listen to your parents, don't rebel against it. You'll live to regret it. A lot of loss. Abner suffered a great loss because he disregarded what he knew to go after what he wanted. And you'll suffer a loss and others will suffer a loss if you disregard what you know to go after what you want. How about from the very beginning you just say, it's not what I want. I want to live by what God wants. Amen. Let's stand together here tonight. <clears throat> The absurdity of Abner. Knowing, knowing what God wanted. Doing what he wanted. Start out right. Dear members of Southwest Baptist Church, do right. You know what's right. Do what's right. New students, start out right. Don't wait till two years in, three years in. Start out right, right now. Start out right, right now. Dear God, I pray tonight we're all prone to be an Abner acting contrary to what we know is good common sense even. Fooling ourselves. Would you search us here tonight as we're in a spiritual battle and there are casualties and prisoners of war, spiritually speaking, all the while that your people are putting their plans ahead of yours. God, help us tonight, I pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen.